Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Borderline Offensive. I gotta hurry up and get through this introduction and welcome before you hear these Borderline Offensive lyrics. Alright, we're gonna move right on (laughs) with the program. Oh, sorry, I think that one slipped in there. Welcome back once again to Borderline Offensive. What a great weekend, right? I hope you guys all had a great weekend. Hopefully your favorite teams are ranked number three in the country or better like my team, the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Yet another convincing win, well-oiled machine, well-orchestrated drive at the end of the game, never a doubt mighty Louisville football team, former Heisman Trophy winner. I mean, just just awards and accolades everywhere. Hats off to the Irish. Still undefeated, ranked number three in the country. Hey, so uh, hope everyone has uh, been enjoying the, the program. Always looking for new guests. So if you'd like to be a guest on Borderline Offensive, Just let me know. Send me a message. Shoot me a text message on Facebook if you can navigate through all the political BS (laughs) and other stuff that's out there. Yeah, so hey, we got a great show for you today. Uh, Really excited about my guest who's joining us here in just a few moments. Please welcome to the show. Very special, very talented, very successful young man. Man now, I can say. Boy, where'd the time go? Uh, we'll talk about how I know this young man and, and uh, how he even turned out so well despite crossing paths with the likes of me. <laughs> welcome, welcome, warm welcome to Borderline Offensive, Mr. Cody Santiago. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. It's really good to talk to you. I think this is the first time I talked to you, uh, you know, at least on the phone in a, in a while. Um, you know, before that, I haven't. Se- I can't tell you the last time I saw you. Yeah. Um, but but I appreciate you having me on. It it may have been uh, walking off of the playing field when you were ten, or or an awards banquet. I think I think I did see you uh, when I when I attempted to make my big. Uh, baseball sandlot baseball comeback and was pitching for the manchester indians you oh know, yeah ma- you know the uh the mount wolf and manchester elite oh, yeah. Oh, manchester yeah. indians <laughs> the, yeah. the the pride yeah. of mount wolf and manchester right i think is what they're called yeah absolutely absolutely because i, cause the I yeah <clears throat> yeah so I don't want to get too far. I don't want to get too far out ahead of that, but because uh, I think, I mean, gosh, that would have been two thousand four ish. So you were twelve or thirteen, probably twelve if it was in the summertime. So. Yeah, because you, yeah. well, you used to go to the game. I mean, you're from Mount Wolf. Uh, grew up there, northeastern. We'll talk about that. But were you? Yeah. Didn't you grow up? Were you a bat boy for them, or just kind of frequent I was, the games? So, shamelessly, I was a bat boy. Um, for a period of time when I was probably from the time I was like six until I was like 10 or so 11. So, um, yeah, I was, I learned a lot of baseball there for sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, interestingly enough, uh, 
good friend of mine, uh, classmate, teammate uh, in high school. He had family there. He went to Redland with me, but he had family there and he grew up, I think, for a short period of time when he was younger. And he used to always talk about Mount Wolf, Mount Wolf. And I was from Camp Hill really originally and then transferred to from Cedarcliff to Redland but didn't really know much about York and the the York area so I had no clue and then he brought up how he was in this all-star travel tournament uh you know things were different back in the 80s than they are right now uh but but he played on a team that beat us uh I played for kind of a West Shore you know, Cumberland Valley, Mechanicsburg, Camp, you know, uh, oh. Knicks team. And he brought that up, and I, I did recall. So that was my first introduction. And then later in my life, of course, moved moved to Manchester and, and became familiar and, and uh, enjoyed watching some of those games. And I, I thought there was one game, uh, one game that we played against Mount Wolf, and I saw, and maybe would you have suited up and even – taking a couple of bats at that age or no uh, you were just I played I played my first wolves game when I was uh, 14 or 15 um, but it, you know I I didn't back then I didn't play much yeah, um, yeah. and I wasn't I wasn't a shining star in the central league overall <laughs> um, but uh, I think I played my first uh, central league game when I was like 14 or 15 okay yeah yeah What's it yeah. called there now, by the way? And, and, and are you still? Let me. Let me. I'm all over the place here. But are you in? Are you living in that same general area? Or where? where yeah. Are so you? I'm. I'm. I'm back in Mount Wolf right now. Okay. Uh, so yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, you know, I really live here. You know, I, I tell people all the time that you know I've been all over the country and I've been to different countries and mm-hmm. uh, you know I'm I I somehow end up back here and and part of it is because I don't think there's any place like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just really, really love this area yep. and the people, um, and you know, I just feel like my my. I know this is cliche, but like my roots are here, yep. and you know, I I know a lot of people here, and a lot of people have supported me in a lot of things that I've done here. So, you know, I just enjoy being here. Yeah, for sure. Central Pennsylvania. You know, I, I, we enjoyed living in Manchester. We were there. I was there for I think nine, almost nine years. Okay, um, raised our children. Much of their young lives, both, uh, well, my two youngest were born when we lived there. So uh, um, they probably don't have much of a memory of, of mm-hmm. Mount Wolf for Manchester, but they have some. York Haven, was it York Haven Elementary? I can't remember a couple of the oh, others yeah. there. Yep. But, uh, okay. but yeah, so, yeah, so let's let's rewind. Let's go further back now, I guess. And and uh, and I was trying to remember for the life of me. I can't. I cannot remember... But, you know, whether it's chicken or the egg, right? So I started coaching. I, I started coaching there, and I can't remember if it was basketball first or or soccer. Um, and I, I got to know a few of the guys around, and I never played soccer, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just enjoyed coaching. And if they needed someone, uh, which, which brings me kind of to another uh, a f- a funny story, but either way, I think I was, well, I know I was fortunate enough to uh, have you assigned to one of my teams, and I'm pretty sure it was soccer. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure you're right, Um, because I don't think you, you coached me in basketball too, but I don't think that was for another few years. Yep, yep. Um, But yeah, I definitely think it was uh, soccer, and we wore the red jerseys. 
I'm, yep. I'm pretty sure that was yep. that was the first year. And, and unfortunately for you, uh, once you were on my radar after having coached soccer, um, once the basketball season came around, and it was kind of weird. I don't remember like tryouts or evaluations or anything like that. Uh, but we, I think we did have kind of a draft or we had two teams for that age group. And so of course I scooped you right up. You were like my first round draft pick. <laughs> uh, we were okay. We were last, last pick of the first round. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you were stuck with me. I couldn't remember if it was basketball first and then I scooped you up in soccer when I, you know, saw the names, but either way, I think you're right. I think you're right. Kind of soccer came first and. And it was fun. I mean, it yeah. was fun. It was co-ed back then. I can't remember. It was either. I don't. I don't know if it was U eight. Would you have played then, or was it U ten? No, it was know? probably. It was probably U eight. Yeah. Um, when you had me, because I played. yeah, I I think I was pretty young. Um, yeah. So I was probably in like first ish grade um, when you when you coached me for yep. the first time. So yeah. that sounds. Good. Yeah, and, and I'm a coach. You know, I. I my friends, we talk trash. We, we do all kinds of, we'll get to that a little bit later too. Yeah. I know you've seen some of that. Oh but, yeah. But at the, but the end of the day, um, I've never been, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I've never been kind of a win at all costs coach. You know, I've always given every player co-ed or not, you know, fair time and confidence and encouragement. Um, you know, but I, I do remember that, that soccer season and it was tough. You know, they, they, they were very, it was a very uh, competitive league, very Mm -hmm. competitive league and no offense to anyone that might eventually listen to this, which I'm, I'm guessing there probably won't. There's only about (laughs) six people that listen. Um, (laughs) But, but you know, you, whether you remember it or not, or, you know, remember the emotions of it all. We all learn in different ways. We experience things, right? And you were one that just gave everything that you had every second. So, you know, kind of leaning on you and, and leaning on you to, to help the others and, and, you know, help them along or they're, they're kind of helping everyone, right? You're helping everyone out and, and just not, you know, leaving nothing in the gas tank, but, at the end of the day, you know, leaving the soccer field down 10 to nothing. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's funny you say that because, like, I don't remember any of it, right? Like, yep. with me being, you know, almost 30, mm-hmm. um, it's it's like all of those seasons run together. Yep. Like, I couldn't tell you which season was, was which. Um, the only things that I remember, uh, well, my mom tells me that during that same year that you're telling everybody I was such a glorious athlete, um, she also tells people about how I was doing cartwheels on the field and, and playing in the grass. Um, so, like, that's the age that we're talking about, right? Like, yeah. like I wasn't running around, like, yeah. dominating people. You know, I was just out having fun, and, and I really, like, I've always liked being competitive, but I could, like, I really could not tell you what happened, you know, in any of my youth years. I really don't, I yep. really don't yep. remember yep. until I got to, like, middle school. Um, but I just remember, like, always liking sports. It didn't matter what sport mm-hmm. it was. And, and, you know, like, in high school, I never played soccer, and I never wrestled. Um, you know, I never ended up swimming in high school. But, you know, I, I did all that when I was a kid. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes, like, back when you were coaching me, like, my mom would pick me up from, from swim practice after an hour and a half, and then she'd run me over to – 
she'd run me over to basketball, like to a different school, and I'd practice that for an hour and a half. So like, I just first of all, I'm very grateful that my family like was supportive in that way because I know a lot of families aren't or or, you know choose not to be. Um, But I was I just really had fun, and I don't know where I don't know where the leave it all on the field mentality came from because like you're telling me that like it was that long ago, Mm -hmm. and. I feel like I'm still the same way now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. The things that I do, like at work or, or whatever, like I just, I, it's not going to be half effort for sure. Yep. yep. So, and let's talk about your your parents there, your mother and your father. So you know, certainly, sorry, I don't know how many years it's been here now, but definitely yeah, it's, sorry. Uh, to... Last month was uh, five years, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always enjoyed, <laughs> you know, Manchester, Mount Wolf small towns right um but perfectly sized towns and you know you get to know a lot of people and i remember seeing your parents around town many many times at the grocery stores right or debbie's pizza or whatever you know just about anywhere right and bumping into them and such great people um huge penn state fans right uh, yeah. used to, that I was even where I was wearing my Notre Dame gear proudly <laughs> even back then. And they would tease here or there, you know, a little friendly j- oh, jabbing yeah. there, you know, uh, from time to time. And so I was going to ask, I mean, your parents had to have played and I, I, I grew up playing, uh, sports with until a certain age, uh, where we went you know, in different leagues, if you will, with, mm-hmm. with very, very athletic, talented female athletes. Mm-hmm. So your mom had to play sports. Yeah, she had to, I, I can, yeah. you know, it doesn't like take a keen eye necessarily, but you can yeah. just tell when you're, when I was around her and, you know, she kind of had a swag to her, you know, had a little bit yeah. of a swag and she yeah. may have even coached some different things too in Northeastern, didn't she? Or was in charge um, I don't. She used to help out like with parent stuff with okay. sports, but um, I don't think she ever coached. She used to. So, my mom played um, field hockey, basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, she played soccer. I don't know which one she played in high school, but soccer and softball. Okay. Um, so she's kind of done it all. Yeah. Um, so, uh, she was a really big uh, pillar of my life with with athletics, along mm-hmm. with my dad. But um, you know, my my mom was a very big. Um, sports person and and actually my aunt Beth who went to Misericordia um she she played um um volleyball and basketball in college and my mom actually coached her when she was younger okay. um so so she had some coaching experience but like it was it was nothing like you know that my dad worked third shift mm-hmm. um his whole life that I well my whole life he worked third shift and uh, so it made it tough to like yep. play catch when you know when you're on opposite schedules. So it was nothing for my mom and I to go out and throw football or shoot hoops or yep. or whatever. Um, so you know she she did just as much as my dad did. You know, and, and then my dad he played um, football and baseball in high school, and you know he worked he worked third shift. So in the summer times he would come home. He would he would get home by like eight thirty in the morning. And we we would actually go up to the Wolves field, mm-hmm. and he would he would hit me ground balls for like two hours. Um, when he got home in the mornings, even after he worked 12 hours, yep. he would just go for two hours and just hit ground balls to me. And th- and that was cool. Like I love yeah. that part. Yeah. So. Oh, that's, that's great. And I, yeah, yeah I've very, very fond memories uh, of, of them. Uh, you know, yeah. everyone was, was, was great. Uh, yeah. I'd never had any issues 
as you probably can imagine in the sports yeah. world, right? Youth sports and everyone was great, was great, great community to, to raise a family and, yeah. and, uh, you know, participate in athletics and coach and just watch. And, but they were, sure. they were, yeah, they're definitely great. And I mean, I don't remember everyone's name, last names, but right. you know, I remember your parents' first names, you know, right. so just, just really good fond memories. And actually, since we're talking about memories, we're t- and you, I'm kind of the same way. There are things that I remember from my youth. And then, like you said, a lot of it is just kind of a blur, but there yeah. are a couple that stand out and, and not like significant moment. There's just some reason that it, that it stands out. Now, do you remember, do you, cause I remember, I remember it, you know, and, and maybe now, you know, as an, as a, as an older young man, right. Yeah. If, and when you're coaching and, you're watching these these young kids, you know, uh, play, mm-hmm. and you as a coach, you learn a lot from the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, even in high school. But I mean, when you're coaching young young children, there's so much that you glean from it. Uh, yeah. You know, and res- and respect, and it's just a different game, right? The last time that we played, it was competitive, whether in college or or even you know high school for some. But I I remember this almost like it was yesterday. Uh, just because again, when, when kids achieve such great things and the, and the toughness, right. Not just, Oh, he made a great shot. Um, but I remember in one of our challenging basketball games that we played and back then also, they kind of split the teams up fairly evenly. So we didn't have like one super team and then the other was kind of a B team. So the, the talent was kind of split up evenly intentionally. Mm -hmm. And I think that hurt us a little bit because there were some other teams that were like loaded anyway, you know, and then we've got, if we put all of our kids on the same team, you you compete, you can compete a little bit better with those better teams. Right. But again, wins, losses, neither here nor there. We had success in our, you know, I would say we are better than 500 that year in a competitive basketball league. But anyway, one of the games, it was competitive back and forth, back and forth. Um, you know, I, 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 you were in, and again, I tried not, I rotated everyone in. So I really did not strategically, uh, plan to have certain kids in or give one kid way more playing time than anybody else. Sometimes it worked yeah. out. You play three quarters. So what I'm saying is I didn't stack the deck uh, during this game. It just happened that you were in at the end and it was a close game. And somehow, some way, I mean, I don't remember every detail, but the clock was ticking. We're down by one. We miss a shot. The other team gets the ball. You know, th- that age group doesn't have the awareness necessarily yeah. or, or a coach is savvy to have told them if we miss, try to foul, you know, all those different dynamics yeah. that, that come natural. But somehow you stole the ball yet again. They probably could have just run it out, ran down, stopped, tried to shoot a J from like the free throw line and like two kids fouled you and the clock went, went off. The buzzer went off. So are you remembering any of this at I, all so I have, far? No, I don't remember this at all. I don't zero. <laughs> yeah, zero memory. So the buzzer went off, and they call a foul, and they say, "Yeah, it's a shooting foul." And everyone's nervous. You know, you can feel it in in the air, and and I don't know at that age necessarily. I think the other kids may have been nervous. You didn't seem very nervous. You didn't know. You looked at the ref. Okay, yeah, great. Well, there's a foul. Oh, okay. I'm shooting free throws, and. And almost like technical 
like technical fouls, there seems to be yeah. more pressure when there's no one on the free uh, in the lane, right? Would yeah. you kind of agree? Yeah. Maybe I not for pros, that, yeah. but so here you are, literally like so many kids in their backyards. <laughs> Now, granted, this wasn't a state championship game, and I, I know right. Northeastern had some great years there where they, they – did they I was, win? I wasn't a part of those years either. Yeah. So, so, so here you are, and I'm just smiling ear to ear. You know, I, I'm prepared to console if things don't go well and cheer, you know, and you just step up there like it's nothing like it's practice. And you were, you know, one of the better shooters and free throw shooters and just drain the first one. Everybody cheers in the gym. It was kind of a small gym. It was loud. So everybody cheers, and you kind of pump. Now I can tell. I was, I was a little, not nervous, but I could tell. Now your adrenaline's pumped because you realize what's happening. And <laughs> stood there. Referee gave you the ball again. Drain the second one. Win by one point on the free throw line with no time on the clock. I know that. I, I have no recollection. No recollection. recollection. No, Think none of, of that. But. But I will tell you that um, I, I don't. I don't. I doubt that John Eister will ever listen to this. But if he ever does, he will be so disappointed that he never got the same efficiency at the free free throw line when I got to high school. I was. I might have been a fifty percent free throw. <laughs> like that yeah. right there. That was probably like a big. Um, a big difference if I had those two shots in my high school career because I was never a great free throw shooter when I got when I got see, older. But. See now, now on the other side of this, there there are no not hundreds. There are th- there are tens of thousands of people, not just men. Okay, there are tens of thousands and probably hundreds of thousands of people who just told a story this past weekend around a bonfire about when they were on an uh, uh, 8U team and hit the game winner from three point. Meanwhile, they didn't even shoot it. It was somebody else. They might not even played that year. You know, so again, different, you know, different approaches here. One person (laughs) doesn't even remember and other people are making up these stories, but I am here to tell everyone that story and that it is true and how exciting it was, you know, again, think of yourself. Uh, well, wait, let me go back. I would have been a little bit older cause I mean, I'm not that old myself, but you know, I was probably 30 ish. Yeah. Uh, and you know, coaching these young guys and, and, uh, just, just watching it. Right. Just in all, like if you can just imagine how that feel, these young players, you know, playing their hearts out and stepping up with that courage, you know, at the, at the end of the game and uh, just ice in the veins and drain it. So that's one of my most memorable games actually coaching there. Yeah. So um, I'm glad you remember it because I definitely don't. And uh, you know, I, I will, I'm not a big sports Storyteller yeah, of my yeah. own, but I'm definitely going to use that in the future. Yeah, just yeah. I can brag about my eight U. Uh, there you go. Basketball days, yeah. Yep, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> I, I remember my, they were they were better than my uh, varsity years. I so, think it uh, was uh, there was a guy there, Bray. Was it? Yeah, Bray? Uh, Joel Bray. Joel yep. Bray. I think yep. he was in charge of the basketball program mm-hmm. back then. Yep. And yep. I remember, yep. I remember calling him. I don't know if we had to call the scores in something like that, but I may have just been so happy and tickled. I remember calling him and saying, dude, listen to this story. 
and he <laughs> ate it. I was like, it was one of those where, dude, okay, maybe you just had to be there. But I remember everybody was excited, you know, too. Yeah, it was yeah. just awesome. I, yeah, I, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Was yeah. His kids ended up being really good athletes, too. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So let's fast forward. Northeastern um, did not have a football team the years that that I was there. Do you remember what was the which was the first year that they fielded a, a football team? So, so my class was the first year for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we were the first class to have freshman ball, and 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 the the school district started with freshmen instead of varsity, which was pretty smart on their okay, end. Okay. Yep. Yep. To the varsity year. So that would have been. I think 2000, yeah, the fall of 2006. Yep. Um, so that was my freshman that year. Makes sense. And, then, and then the next year we had a JV team. Um, so we were the first JV team. We didn't play any varsity games mm-hmm. until the next year, my junior year, which would have been the fall of 2008. Yep. Um, so 2008 was the first ever varsity football game there. That makes sense because I, I stayed in touch, obviously, being a central Pennsylvania myself. And I remember when I moved here, I moved here in 2005 to Indiana and, uh, you know, thanks to the, to the internet, I was able to kind of keep following. I had actually, interestingly enough, I had, I had coached at York Tech, uh, the year before we moved here, uh, Mm -hmm. York Tech football, varsity football, and stayed in touch with the coaches there and watched, you know, some of the guys the next year play. And I remember, just kind of watching in general. And I remember, I actually remember seeing some Northeastern highlights. Were you number 10? I was number 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking, because I remember, I don't remember a lot of the kids, a lot of different kids as they got older, because uh, I kind of stopped coaching there. But mm. but I remember watching some of the highlights, and oh, I know him, I know him. <laughs> but uh, but you, and you played youth football for like yep. UIC, right? Or yeah, yeah. So as, as young as I could start, that's when I started. I was probably seven. I was mm-hmm. probably around the same age. No, I was probably eight when I started. Mm-hmm. Probably eight years old. Because yeah. um, I stopped playing soccer at that point, and I, I started playing football. Um, and then I played for six years up until I couldn't play uh, youth football anymore, and then I could go play, mm-hmm. you know, at the high school level. Yeah, yeah. Did you know? Were you the same age or go to school with any of the? Um, <clears throat> excuse me, any of the yingers? Yes. I'm trying to so, remember how old they are. So, so Blaine Yinger, I think, is the youngest one. He was the and, heavyweight wrestler, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. So I actually, I actually coached him in varsity football when he was okay. When he was in high school. Okay. And then, um, oh my gosh, the his older brothers. <laughs> so, so he had he had an older brother which was a year or two younger than me, and I can't yep think of his Nick Nick Yinger. Okay. Or Nick Yinger. So he was probably two years younger than me, I would think, maybe maybe yep. more. Um, and then he has an older sister, I believe, who yeah. was a year, a year older than me. Okay. So I was kind of caught in between. Yep. I thought they were kind of scattered around. I wasn't sure if there were any. Because I played, I played against and <clears throat> and with their dad in high school, Mike, mm-hmm. Mike Yinger. Yep. I think he coached yep. there different, uh, different times. Yep. I don't know if he you did. know his parents. Yeah. Yeah, I know Mike. Yep. Yeah. So we uh, he went to Redland. I transferred. So I only played one year with him there. and played against him baseball and, and football in prior years when I was at Cedar Cliff. But, uh, but yeah, it was kind of fun running into him as well down at the fields. I had no clue where he even was. And then one day I, this guy's walking past me. I don't know if you remember those fate baseball fields over there, but the concession stand was kind of down along the one road and people would go up, grab a drink and walk back. And this guy's walking past. He goes, Hey, Jamie, 
I said, yeah. And I recognized right away. So I'm like, what are you doing here? Oh, I live here. Coach. And so yeah. it was kind of cool catching up with him. And I knew his kids. Yeah. Um, good people. Good them. kids. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Good athletes again. More good athletes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so, so that was pretty exciting. I mean, if I remember correctly, it was a little rough going for Northeastern, right? So you were kind of, you were, you were a pioneer, you were a trailblazer for the Northeastern football program. Yeah. And we were, there were a few of us that had played, like I wasn't the only one that played, Mm -hmm. um, youth football before that. So we had a, we had a solid core of people, but I think, I think going up against schools that have had football was really a challenge um, because we had a lot of people that didn't play football before and they just wanted to come out for the first time um, and yep. play, which was great. Like it, it gave us enough people to play, which was fantastic. Um, and we, we, we weren't good, um, but we weren't, you know, 0 and 10. Um, so uh, we, we enjoyed ourselves, but, you know, we, there, were, there were a few other people that, that played um, as, as long as I had and, and were better than I was, mm-hmm. um, too. So, you know, it was good to, to play with those guys. It sure. always seemed, when, when you're in high school, because my kids were too young and, um, you know, my, we're in, one was in middle school, the other elementary when we lived there. But I never really got to experience uh, varsity athletics at Northeastern, uh, there was some kind of open or punt pass kick at yeah. the stadium one year. And it just did. I mean, it felt like Northeastern parents or families came out strong to support. Were there quite a few fans at the games that would come out? Oh, and yeah. Support? We, would have, we would have thousands of people. There. Yeah. Um, and in fact, they had to, um, you know, how, how small the bleachers used to be yep. when before football. Now they expanded on both sides. So okay. there's no bleachers on the other side, um, yep. no on the away side, but yep. they had to expand on both sides of the original bleachers. So um, it's I don't remember how many total it can fit, um, maybe three or 4,000 now, but mm-hmm. we, it, it will be filled. And I remember um, some games not being able to hear. And you talk about, you know, your your Notre Dame guys or, or you know, Penn State guys that are playing in front of 100,000 people and can't hear. Like, you know, I just can't even imagine. So... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now, so now we're, we're, you actually mentioned something that, that <laughs> brings me to another, another discussion point. Um, right. you, you mentioned the stadium, you mentioned having bleachers on one side of the field, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Am I, am I, is this sound familiar? Cause things may have changed though. Um, yep. I know another program, and school that had bleachers only on one side of the field, or at least back in my day. Do you know where I'm going with this? No, not because I thought we were the only ones. Not oh, high school. Not not high school. No, I don't. Well, that brings me to our California University of Pennsylvania discussion. Oh, now, did they no. add bleachers? <laughs> Yeah, so the other side has um, really small bleachers, but the other side, you know, is ginormous on the home side. Oh. But yeah, when I, when I was there, you know, they, they had bleachers on the other side, but it was really like it was like the size of a small high school. Okay, so yeah. so I'm dating myself. Well, okay, yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm dating. Yeah, not dating, but I'm <laughs> dating myself. Um, but going back, yeah. So I, this is one of the things I want to talk about. So you attended Cal U. I did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, if I stayed a little bit longer, I, I could say that it was my autumn, alma mater. Um, where did you finish at? <laughs> oh. where, where did I finish? Yeah. 
I'm still working on that right now. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. I was like, as soon as I said that, I'm like, wait. Uh. <laughs> yes, I, I'm keeping my options open as we speak. Okay, well, you yes. know, there's a lot of selections out there, especially it, now. Yeah, and so, I've still yeah. got a couple years of eligibility, so I'm weighing my options. I like that. I like I that. Well, there, there are quite a few uh, programs out there who are looking for a 47 year old, 5'10, 285 pound receiver. <laughs> I'll tell you what, uh, one of your, one of your better options might be Florida state because they actually <laughs> need a player and a coach. So, you know, you'll be good. You'll be, you'll be right there. <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, was it, an, was that an easy decision? What did you like about Cal? Uh, how did you end up there? Did you? Cause you let me stop there too. Didn't you play rugby also? Yeah. So so I'll I'll go back to this first. So um, so in high school I I plan on going to school for football and I had I had um, three places that I had looked at, at going and and um you know they they just didn't pan out with with you know how things went but mm-hmm. um you know I was interested in in um Kutztown. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. West Point, I had talked to a few times, and okay. uh, wide and Widener, okay. um, and I was planning on going to one of them. And uh, the the person that I was dating at the time, um, you know, I, de- I decided to go where she was, which was was Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? For for a while, like I was like, man, what if I didn't do that? But but I met some of my best friends there, yep. Yep. Uh, lifelong friends. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't regret it. And so once I got there and, and I met those friends and, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at that point, I started studying geography, um, as odd as that sounds, and I ended up um, going to school for Homeland Security, and, and obviously that's what I do now, um, that kind of stuff. So um, I, I did play, I, I went home a lot during my first semester, and then I, I joined the, the rugby team there, mm-hmm. and I didn't go home at all the second semester. Um, I spent Easter at different friends' houses in, yep. in near Pittsburgh, um, yep. actually in Denora, um, and we traveled all over the country playing <clears throat> playing other schools. You know, Coastal Carolina, Auburn, Kentucky. You know, we, we played those schools, and it was really fun. I, I, mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Kept my mind off of going home and things like that. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I played that until uh, I got too many concussions, and mm-hmm. <laughs> then I was. Not able to play that sport anymore, mm-hmm. and uh, actually, my going into my senior year, I actually walked on the varsity baseball team at Cal. Okay, okay, uh, great. And then I destroyed my elbow um, during that during that fall. Um, once I made the team, I destroyed my elbow um, that fall during fall practice, and so I ended up getting cut um, because I I I couldn't I couldn't throw. Yeah. So it hurt. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so, so you know, did, did that mark or did you, uh, did that kind of mark the beginning of the end of your athletic career? Did you come back and play, you know, like say in the central league or play other, so you continued? I did did play, um, I, I played, um, in the central league for probably two or three years after I graduated, Mm -hmm. I'd say two years after I graduated college. Um, and I played in a Sunday league, a rec league, which was just, you know, like for fun uh, on a Sunday. Because when you're young and you play three games a week and then you can play two games on a Sunday, it's it's fine. But if I tried to throw anything now, yeah. I'd probably go with it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so yeah. like probably 2016 was the last time I played 
anything competitively, but then I got into coaching, mm-hmm. and uh, and I really I really enjoyed coaching a lot. Where did so. you Where did you coach? What what teams? I, so I coached um, I coached Northeastern football, varsity oh, okay. football, uh, in fifteen and sixteen. Great, yep. and I really enjoyed it. So I, I coached the uh, defensive <clears throat> excuse me defensive backs, mm-hmm. and I did strength and conditioning too. Yep, I remember I remember seeing some videos. Yeah, of you in the in the in the weight room and cleaning, you know, cleaning the the yeah. exercise, not cleaning the the weight room. Uh, some the different yeah. things yeah. and hitting yeah. some some uh, some uh, PRs, I think, you know, a couple times, yeah. deadlifts and things like that. Yeah, so you were yeah. heading up that that area, which we all know. Anybody that's played sports and has lived a day in the two thousands knows that the root of success for every athletic team is is the weight room, you know, Absolutely. no matter what sport we're talking about. So, yep. yeah, good. And look, yeah, you guys, so Northeastern has a pretty decent weight, weight room or did were some of those pictures or videos from some, some other place. So actually um, when I was in high school, we didn't do cleans or mm-hmm. anything like that. Yep. Um, we just did, you know, bench squat deadlift yep. and, and then dumbbell stuff and, and a lot of conditioning. And, and that was great. But when I went off to college and we did strength conditioning stuff for our sports, it was it was a lot different. It was more Olympic lifting, and it was mm-hmm. more um, yep. it was it was just a lot more comprehensive body stuff. Yep. Um, and so it was functional to the sports you're playing. And and so I brought that home. But the problem was we didn't have a lot of equipment that was conducive to those mm-hmm. lifts and exercises. So I actually went out um, fundraising. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the booster the booster club uh, gave us some money as well, but you know I, I got some local funds from private organizations to get us some actual um, Olympic bars and, and rubber plates and and things like that kettlebells mm-hmm. uh, bands um, medicine balls just stuff like that that we could use um, instead of the traditional stuff yep. um, to kind of bring us into the 21st century and mm-hmm. and then um, after I left they actually bought new weight racks they have they only had one weight weight rack back then um, when I was there. Um, and, and that squat rack anyway, and now they have three bench and squat racks with pull-up bars on them. So, yeah. you know, I missed, I missed that part after I left, but, you know, I think it was kind of a stepping stone into what a weight program actually does for, for a football team or any team. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you could definitely see the results for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And actually back to Cal. So I remember, as a matter of fact, uh, the the head coach there, Gary Dunn. I don't know if you stay, if you uh, kind of keep in the loop on Cal. I don't actually. I don't. But the head I coach don't. was is my age. He actually played. He was a freshman the same time I was there. Uh, I okay. knew him. We we you know different positions, but same age. Uh, same processes when you get there as freshmen and classes and meetings and and uh, study halls and you know all that stuff. He wasn't a man. He was a man of few words too, and no nonsense, and you know, real competitive and and in your face. And he actually got playing time our freshman year. Uh, hats off to him. And it was no surprise when I when I heard his name later uh, announced as as head coach. You know, smart guy and. Just again, had his head on straight, hard worker. But uh, yeah, this is kind of interesting. He's there. But anyway, I remember I did I did kind of a bird's eye view. Was it Google Earth or something like that? Or even just Googled cow. And it's right. amazing to me what it looks like now. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, seems, a lot, it's even changed since I left. Since you uh, left? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 
It was interesting. Uh, one red light, you know, town uh, yeah. out there where the pizza shop or subway or something was, and oh, yeah. and back then, and I I saw they demolished it, but I I my dorm was it was called Longenecker Hall, uh, and it was right next to the sports facility, you know, field oh, yeah, house. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they like it looks like they tore all of that down. Yeah, so they they have all new, well, I shouldn't say new. They were new when I was there, when I was a freshman there. Um, But new new dorms, uh, they all have bathrooms in them. You know, again, they brought them into the 21st century. Um, (laughs) You know, so they all have bathrooms. They have suites on the ends of the dorms um, where four people can stay with two bathrooms and a living area. So it really is, you know, it's... I like my time there, yep. Um, yep. you know, and, and people always say, well, there's nothing to do there. Yeah, yep. there is. I mean, there's Pittsburgh right there. There's Morgantown, West Virginia right there. <laughs> um, like, you can go yep. you can go kayaking on the yacht. Like, there was so – I thought there was so much to do there. But I don't – I also grew up in a town like Mount Wolf, which is mm-hmm. kind of similar to yep. Cal. Yep. Um, so it was an easy adjustment for me once yep. I was out there. But, like – the hardest, the hardest thing was like learning where everything was and how to get there, and also learning what people were saying when they had their mm-hmm. Pittsburgh accents. I had right. no idea what yep. people were saying. Yep. Uh, so that was a learning experience for sure. Yep. Different, different language in some yes. some regards. Yeah. Yep. No, I laughed earlier because, um, you know, I instead of spending my time going to classes uh, and then being <laughs> injured and feeling sorry for myself and being redshirted, um, you know, again, feeling sorry for myself and not doing the stuff that, that I should have been doing. Um, I spent other, I spent time with other friends, uh, another player, a friend of mine, a roommate from Mechanicsburg, uh, who couldn't play. He was, you know, he couldn't play that first year, but anyway, we spent, we, we spent, we took a few visits to Morgantown to visit some high school friends on occasion. And, uh, uh, let's just say it, it was it panned out as you might expect somebody that doesn't really want to talk about it on on a <laughs> podcast uh, because parents are listening. Uh. <laughs> no, but no, but I, I like that's the part we have to be realistic about, right? Like yep. you're a college athlete; it's nothing like high school. Yep. Um, it's 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 a full time job on mm-hmm. on top of having classes and and other things. Yep. Um, you know, if you have a girlfriend or if you have you know other things you're involved with. Um, you know, it's a full-time job and, right. and, you know, you have to schedule your day around your sports and not the other way around. Yep. Um, so at the time I can understand why, why people, you know, that, why that happens, Jamie, because yep. you don't have any time. Yep. yep. You don't have any time left. So you're trying to create that time and, you know, that's right. And, 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 you know, actually that's a great segue into another discussion that I, I've seen. Uh, I've seen some some of your posts, and we even text. We had a couple texts, and one of the things I said, "Oh, maybe we could even talk about this," because I think I've come around a little bit. And we're going to talk about amateur athletes, or mm-hmm. more specifically, college football players, and the time that they spend and contribution they make to the university. Right? You know where I'm going? Yeah. And yep. remuneration. Uh, for, for that possibly moving forward, but, but you're exactly right. I mean, you know, I, I didn't get in trouble. I I wasn't a troublemaker ever in my life. I was a jokester if that, but, um, you know, I never really got in trouble, but didn't have the best, I didn't have the most interest in, (laughs) in school or classes. And like you said, when you get to college, uh, and I didn't really, 
I mean, I enjoyed, I played all three sports since before I could walk. Um, right. And, uh, you know, I think there's, there is such a thing, you know, as burnout. And when I got to, to college and, you know, some people are like, oh, boo hoo, you know, this person got a scholarship or you get free, you know, you have a free ride and, you know, all you have to do is go do this. But you're exactly right. It is like at minimum a part time job. And yeah. really, when you're in the in the mix, it's really like a full time job. Got to get right. all of your classes in before two you have to be done before two freshmen have to have an extra study hall it was required yep. in the morning at six o'clock then you're lifting you know throughout the week that you got to yep. get in then you got to get up to, to the to the field and you're up there for a good three hours you know three and a half hours then you got to right. come back down and watch film oh yep. and then oh hey don't forget to open up your books right and, yep. and again like i say not woe is me um there are many many young men and women that do that every day. And if you're responsible and, and, you know, uh, good work ethic, it, it gets done, but there's a lot that goes into it. You know, there's a lot and it's easy, you know, it's easy to find yourself in a situation where, you know, sort of things that should be a priority kind of fall off that, that radar, but, right. but let's get back. Let me actually redirect back now here because I was one of those people. And I think I've only seen comment, you know, I see people say different things all over social media, right? But I did remember that you were, I don't know if I want to say advocate, maybe you see yourself as that, uh, you know, an advocate for, hey, you know, these, these guys are, you know, sometimes putting their lives on the line, right? You know, when you're a division yeah. one player and you're playing football and, you know, you know, they know the risks involved, I get it, but they're bringing a lot of, of money into the university. Right. And yeah. I don't know. I don't want to speak for you and and what your what your position is on that and the platform, you know, or the basis for which. So why don't I just let you kind of talk through some of your thoughts? I, on think, that. Uh, I think it's such a fascinating thing, right? Because, you know, the argument is always, always, always the, the, at least the overwhelming argument from the other side is, mm -hmm. well, they're getting a free education. Mm -hmm. Right. And as someone who has student loans, because I didn't get a free education. Yep. I understand what you're saying. How that, like, how much value is in that, right? Yep. Um, you know, hundreds of dollars go out the window every month to pay student loans. I get it. I understand. However, these guys are like, and and gals. Um, mm -hmm. Don't let me mm -hmm. don't forget them. Yep. Um, they are mega talented, and you know, not everyone is going to go to the next level. Um, you know, a lot of them are going to go off and be professionals in something else. And I get that. And and so I'm more of an advocate of, listen, if a football program is, is grossing um, $60 million a year, and I understand that there are other perks um, mm -hmm. being an athlete. You know, you have an, a really nice facility. Yep. You get three meals a day. Yep. You, know, you just come there and get your hair cut. Um, there's an arcade. There's a pool. There's whatever. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's mm -hmm. fantastic. But, like, some of these guys would like to support their – their families or and gals would like to support their families that got them to this point, um, because they're you know while they're there playing in the arcade and getting their hair cut and you know eating three great meals a day and you know just having the best facilities and times of their lives, their families are still in the struggle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and and they're required to go to these schools or at least play something amateur, depending on what sport you're talking about, um, for a year or three years. So, you know, I just, I really think that, yep. you know, if there could be an option for them to say, hey, um, you know, I'd like to, 
you know, forego my scholarship and take that money and, and receive it as, mm-hmm. as payment, you know, as, as, a, as, you know, as payment for, mm-hmm. for being on the field, uh, where I'd like to say, I'd like to have half of my salary and get, you know, get the rest of it, um, in, yep. in a scholarship, whatever. Um, you know, I, I get everyone's perspective of, well, you know, some of these people, they're insured um, in case they get hurt and they miss out on that contract or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I just really think, you know, you should be able to choose what you want. You, you know, you should choose mm-hmm. for lifelong student debt or you should choose that you want free education. Mm-hmm. It should be up to you because what we see with the current system is that these these coaches, a lot of these coaches, even now, are still paying their, their big recruits to come there mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. or at least compensating them in some way. Yep. Um, so you know, if if the if the behavior is still there, and there's no change in anything, then you know I, why can't we just make it so that they can choose what to have? You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it is interesting because you know, and I, and I guess the way I I think about it, um, I have the good fortune in my home office here uh, that's decorated with with all kinds of Notre Dame memorabilia right. and, and pictures. So I'm looking up at this this panoramic picture of Notre Dame stadium. I'll, I'll buy one and send one to you if you'd like to. Thank you. I, use it. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I look at, the, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at the crowd, you know, the state, the full stadium. Right. And I'm just kind of thinking through this as we're talking and it makes me think about the players who, you know, if I, if I own a business or if I am an owner of a, of a team, right, forget it, whether it's football, basketball, local, semi-pro, league, whatever, right? Um, and you, I pay to market this company or whatever it is and get a good, you know, I establish a, a, a fan base. People are, are coming out. That's fine. And there's an investment there, right? But, but you know, when I look at all these fans and these bleachers and certainly – it, Notre Dame, like probably everyone else, they're going to pack the stadium every year, right? You know, right. at that level, all the top teams, maybe yep. even Penn State. I don't know. I, <laughs> I see a lot of empty seats there. Uh, well, right now you do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the, there is anyone who denies that, that uh, you know, your top players uh, are not bringing revenue to that yeah. university – is lying to themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, if, uh, you know, all these top players pick one every year, you know, the standouts, um, Trevor Lawrence, right. One, I mean, you mm-hmm. could, you could go on and name play. So when you look and, and it's an extreme, I know, but, but I, I guess I do understand the point that look, these people are putting in the work they're drawing and it's all about revenue, right? That's, I mean, right. it's the almighty dollar. So, you know, the idea is, okay, there absolutely, there are revenue dollars mm-hmm. in these universities, trustees, whatever, pockets and banks um, that were generated because Trevor Lawrence played there, right? 100%. Yep. Insert any name. So, you know, just kind of looking, looking at that and saying, okay, well, how is that measured? Um, is it for that, you know, how would it work? Would it be for the, for the, for the years that the, these people were on the roster or had any playing time that's attributable to this revenue or that revenue, you know, how, how that would look like, I'm not asking, I don't, I don't imagine that you've spent time drawing up a business plan for how, how that would work, but no, but it's kind of thinking, 
it's something that I think about a lot when we have these discussions because mm-hmm. as, as an athlete, and, and I've never played at that level, right, but as an athlete, I, I certainly um, can respect what they put themselves through to get to that level. Yep. Um, and if you think about college football, if there were no football players on the field, yep. you would have no money. Yep, and we're right? seeing so, yep. and, and And so, you know, insert any sport, whether even if it's, you know, a smaller, a smaller revenued sport like lacrosse or mm-hmm. swimming or whatever. Um, look at Penn State, one of the best wrestling programs mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. world. Yep. Um, collegiately, and you know they those guys don't get paid either. Yep. And and um, well, you know, so it's 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 just I really think that you know um, I, I don't even know that other people. I don't I don't even believe that other people. You know, even the most talented people should be paid mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. more than more than people who yeah. don't play at all, right? Yeah. But I'm just saying that if you're if you're committing to someone that they're going to get a scholarship, whatever whatever the magnitude is, whether it's a full scholarship or whatever, um, you should be able to you should be able to choose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you still have people struggling that you want to take care of and, you know, to a to a college student that is getting all that stuff but is still, you know, they don't have any money, um, Money talks, yep. and and I'm and, not saying that people are are immoral or unethical. I'm just saying that like to someone who could really use that money, especially for their mm-hmm. family, um, you know, money really talks. And it is interesting because uh, you know there there have been some different analogies or descriptions uh, that that I won't use necessarily that some people might find, even though this is borderline offensive. Uh, you know, it's kind <laughs> it's of borderline. That's false borderline. false advertising because I actually enjoy my career so i'm not on here to be crazy but you know it it is unfortunate because of certain rules you know ncaa rules and and uh um you know the people that that take advantage uh, of of certain situations with it these players don't even really own their name their own name right when you think about it they can't they can't not that it's i mean you know hey people get paid for for uh, appearances and autographs all that all the time whether that's tacky or not depending on how old you are you know how long ago it's it's been since you played you know there's discussions about that but you know the fact that these guys can't accept five bucks or 20 bucks for their autograph but someone gets you to sign a football and they sell it for 500 bucks on right. the internet right so everyone profiting <laughs> everyone yep profiting uh the guy outside you know it's not even scalping tickets but he's selling a uh cody santiago jersey uh that he got signed you know so all these i'd people have to pay them to wear it anyway. <laughs> getting paid so i mean it's something i've i wasn't i mean i kind of was i could have gone either way with it but i did lean towards ah you know what you know these guys get a free education and that's worth something and you know, there are lots of people that can't afford that or have loans. But, you know, the more I really kind of dig into it, I, I think I mentioned in a text to you at some point recently that I've mm-hmm. definitely come around and I'm, I'm a yeah. lot more open to that than I was years ago yeah. and understanding it and being fair. And look, how many of these players, even just power five, let alone throughout, how many of right. these guys make it to the next level to really right. make it's, any it's money? Minimal. Yeah, minimal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fraction of a fraction. Yep, yep. Right. And now they're walking around with a limp or, you know, a right. bad bag. They've, they've given their bodies. And, you know, look, I get it. People are going to say, oh, well, they knew that. Okay, fine. But, you know, just just the whole concept of what you've given to the sport. Yeah, they given they, to they the understood the risk, Jamie. But, yeah. like, 
they made that school millions of dollars. That's right. Even even if they That's weren't, right. even if they were not a top player, just wearing that jersey and showing up on yep. name a major network that televises games yep. that's making millions of dollars on TV that's contracts, right. you know, off of advertisements and things like. That's right. It's it's all it's all money. It's it's not you know it's not just purely for our entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, just a shut up and play mentality. It's mm-hmm. these these are real people and they have real issues. I don't care what yep. sport you play. Yep. Um, you know, you everyone has problems, and everybody could use money. And and you know, I went to school with a guy at Cal. I won't name his name, but he transferred from a Division One school mm-hmm. to play at Cal, so he still had eligibility to go Division One the next year to transfer to a Division One school. And he actually ended up getting drafted that next year. And I remember doing an icebreaker in class with this guy, and he said. Uh, we were doing an icebreaker, you know, what's your name, what are you studying, what do you want to do after school? And, and he said, you know, my name is so-and-so, um, I, I'm studying criminal justice, and I'm not going to use my degree, I'm going to leave. Mm-hmm. And, and, that's, and he did, you know. And mm-hmm. so, you know, people are in it because they have to be, yep. so you're telling me they have to go to that level, and they can't make any money other than their education you know their scholarship money and you know whatever perks the the program offers them, which isn't even even equitable from school to school, um, and and they can't be they can't be compensated you know in cash. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. You know, yep. I, I, yep. if if you know you're not going to use your degree and you're only there because you have to be, you're not you're not buying into anything. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. No. So it's it's interesting. I'm interested. I was talking with another buddy of mine. Um, I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to it, but I feel like and it wasn't i don't think it was a power five but i feel like there was something happening on the west coasts a few years ago where there was some interesting uh i'll call it progress being made where even kind of the beginnings of a union or unionizing i can't remember the the player or what was happening over there but seemed to be kind of the the groundwork for potentially having a a a union creating a yeah. union for college football players do you remember yeah that? somewhere yeah, i do remember that um it was somewhere in the pack the pack 12 it might have been i, I thought it was a power five that I really caught was, my interest you know i thought it was actually it might have been originally northwestern oh okay it could have um, been but but i think that you know during the whole pandemic thing the the pack 12 mm-hmm. uh football players really came together and said, yep. listen, we want to play, but here's here's what we need. Be- yep. And, and that, I think that goes back to the NCAA really didn't lay out a plan. It was just kind of up to the conferences. And, yeah. and they took that and said, well, if it's up to the conference, here's what we need to play. Yep, yep. So. No, that's good. Well, I want to talk a little bit before we wrap up about, about what you're doing. Uh, you mentioned, yeah. and I kind of followed along throughout the years here with your, your work and your interests. And, and didn't you did you write a book? I did, yeah, yeah, back yeah. in 2018. Yeah, yeah. So t- talk a little bit. Talk a little bit. Well, no. Before we get into that, before we get into that, I, I, I only threw in a couple quick points here. On a scale of zero to ten, now you're you're a Penn State fan, admitted, oh, yeah. right? Grew up oh, Penn yeah. State, blue and white. Uh, yeah. You know, I grew up in Central Pennsylvania. I always kind of tell people it's kind of funny when they hear where I'm from and oh, you're a Notre Dame fan. How'd that happen? You either kind of go <laughs> one way or the other. You either love Penn State. Or you don't, and you go the yeah. other. And I literally, when you look at at Penn, the Penn State culture and the area, you can't go any further opposite direction than being a Notre Dame fan. Yeah, maybe. Well, you know what? Well, maybe State. the last. Yeah, I was gonna say in the last fifteen years or twenty yeah. years, yeah. I think the hatred 
might be a little bit more for Ohio State also yeah. because they're Big Ten and it's more it's a rival. And I'm going to say it for you, Notre Dame probably hasn't really hasn't been relevant, even yeah. though I sit here and say that we played for three national champ. Well, we competed in one national championship and the playoffs twice. So my friends that like to say Notre Dame's not relevant, uh, I'm going to leave that off the side. So on a scale of zero to 10, how much do you hate Notre Dame? Um, actually my, my hate for Notre Dame is not that great. Okay. Uh, I really don't. Di- and I think it's to your point. Like they really don't affect Penn state at all right. you know, like, yep. because like they don't, they don't play each other because yep. you know you know Notre Dame's been independent until yep. this year they joined the ACC so you know unless they play each other non-conference which I don't know even when the last time that was mm-hmm. um, you know it, it's my 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 uh, disdain for another team my opposition for another team is mm-hmm. probably more of a of an Ohio State uh, in fact I would say that I I would even root for Michigan over Ohio State um, <laughs> just because I I don't I can't stand their their program like I couldn't. Ah man, like Urban Meyer, even you know Jim Trestle's all right, but you know Urban Meyer really you know irked me irked me the wrong way, and I really don't like Ryan Day. Um, you know, just I just ah I don't know what it is. Um, no offense to those guys, it's just yeah. like I'm a, I'm a Penn State guy, you know. Um, so you know it's 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 all right. It's it's all in it's all in uh, competition, but yeah, I would say on a scale of zero to ten. Um, my hatred for Notre Dame is like a one. Okay, great, I'm, great. I'm a one. I don't, I don't, I don't like. I, I think a zero would mean that you know I, I like them equally. Yeah. But yeah. I need to make sure that I I, I let everybody <laughs> know I'm not a Notre Dame fan, but I don't dislike them. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. No. Well. Well. You know. Point taken. Point taken. So yeah. So let's. So talk to me about. Um, you know, I'm not going to speak for you, but but talk to me about your career and uh, you know I've tried to follow along as best I can. I mentioned you know we brought up and, and talked about the book that you wrote. Yeah, um, you've got you know a, a a very noble noble contribution to the world to the to the community and what you're doing. Um, I my industry um, we I, I work kind of on retirement plans, different things for mm-hmm. public employers and public employees. So, you know, uh, always, always have had respect for, you know, hardworking public employees, uh, that, that, you know, many times have a thankless job and, you know, people, they're always like the butt of jokes, right? Uh, yeah. like whether transportation or how long it takes to go get your license, you know, or yeah. people leaning on shovels, uh, just, just punch lines and certain jokes, but talk, talk to us about, you know, your career and kind of where it started and, and all that you, all that you're done, you've done and you're doing. Yeah. So, um, it really starts back to my, well, so you know, you, since you know my parents and my family, you know that my, my family is very involved in the community outside of sports. Um, and one of those involvements was the fire service. Mm-hmm. And um, so I grew up in a family of firefighters um, and, and volunteer firefighters. And, uh, you know, I, I, I got passed down to me. And um, I joined the fire service a few years. Well, I was, I was old and I was always around the firehouse since I was, you know, three or four years old. But um, probably actually before that. Um, but when I was old enough to start training and, and, and doing stuff, um, it was right after 9-11. It was like 2005-ish, 6-ish. Um, and that's when like all of the draft guidance started coming out. 
um, you know, how to have a national approach to emergencies and things like that. And mm -hmm. you know, it was required for us to take that stuff. And a lot of people um, that I was that I was you know volunteering with, they thought it was boring, or you know, they they back then they gave you the answers to the courses just to get you <laughs> through it, just to make sure you passed it. And I really liked it. I, I liked the strategy behind it and, you know, the critical thinking of, of like, hey, it's already an emergency, but we can't do things normally. Um, I liked that side. So that kind of always followed me, you know, into college, but I didn't know what I could do with it. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I, when I got to Cal, I, after I picked my geography major, I, uh, I actually switched to Homeland Security and I loved it. I loved every class that I went mm -hmm. to. Um, and I think that's why it was so easy for me to go to class. I didn't always go to class. Mm -hmm. I'll admit that. I didn't always go to class. But um, I, I never, like, habitually missed class. So I just really liked it. But then when I was done with that, um, I could not find a job. I, I interviewed for several jobs that I really wanted um, in emergency management. I just couldn't find a job. So I came back. That's when I came back to, to work at Northeastern High School and also coach. Mm -hmm. And while I was working at Northeastern High School, um, I was like, I, I was walking through the halls, you know, looking at, you know, looking at my, you know, using my degree and, and not that mm -hmm. they, Northeastern has done a good job with safety, but schools overall, mm -hmm. they're just, they, at that time, they weren't very um, security and safety minded. Yep. Um, and this was back before Parkland and all that, yep. and before laws yep. came into place, so um, you know, I, I, I was like, man, I should really start a company and, and, and a consulting firm. And so that's what I did. And I started my own company and I still have it. And, um, you know, I've done other full-time work as well, but you know, that's really been my focus is, is trying to help main, mainly schools, but other public entities work on safety and security. Mm -hmm. Um, so I was working for an insurance company, uh, traveling the country, working with public entities on their, on their, uh, risk management programs and their emergency plans and things like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And one day I came back from a trip. Um, I don't remember where I was, but I came back from a trip and I logged into my email and I was like, you know what? Um, and I, at this time I had written several magazine articles that were published. And so this was probably that was in that was in like Aprilish, and I came home from a trip in July. And I was like, you know what? I never check my junk mail. I'm just going to make sure it's <laughs> important in here, and then you know I'll go home. So I was going through my junk mail and there was an email from a publishing company and it, it, generally speaking they said hey do you want to write a book on mm -hmm. school safety we saw your articles and I thought it was a joke at first <laughs> honestly because it's in my junk mail you know I, I had I wasn't contacted in any other way and so I wrote them back that was in July in August we drafted up a contract and then in 2018 on, on actually on Halloween of 2018 um, I my book my book actually went on shelves and all the major retailers and things like that. So it was really cool. I got it done in like a year and a couple months. But it was such a busy time. Like I was going to get my fire instructor at the same time and I was finishing up my master's at that point. So, um, you know, it was just a bit, it was uh, bad timing to write a book, but I got it done. And, you know, it was, it's something that I'm, I'm proud of. Um, you know, it's not the, the best book in the world, um, but it's definitely, like you said, my contribution to, mm -hmm. to, um, you know, my field and my industry, and, and I think it's important, and I don't know if I'll write another one, but um, it was definitely a process and one that I'm grateful for because I know that there are people out there that write a book and can't find a publisher, and, you know, mm -hmm. for them to come to me, I was I was truly, you know, grateful for that opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah, no, that's great. And so weren't you or are you, uh, past tense, present tense, were you like the 
emergency management or manager, something director in your account. There was something I thought I saw an interview like the yeah. news did a piece or something, or maybe yeah. it was regarding an incident that occurred. So what was your, yeah. So that was part of my job. Yeah. So I was the, I was the emergency manager for York city. Um, and that was kind of part of my job mm-hmm. whenever, you know, they asked questions about a, a yeah. specific incident that, you know, wasn't really covered by any of the, you know, public works or fire or police, anything like yep. that. Anything that yep. was like, you know, further than that, you know, I, I kind of did the, the news pieces, but, um, yeah, so I was there, I, I worked for the Pennsylvania Emergency Management Agency and mm-hmm. now I work for Baltimore City Schools oh, as okay. their emergency manager. Oh, okay, great, great. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, so, yeah, so we were talking earlier about, you know, I think, uh, Mike's oldest son was a police officer there is. He may yeah, I remember that. I'm not sure if he's still there or not. Yeah. Um, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I do remember seeing yep. um, a picture of him in his uniform. Yeah. Clo- uh, per, uh, I don't want to call him a friend, uh, but someone that you may or may not have seen uh, on my Facebook page very frequently who is extremely an, one of the most annoying Penn state fans that's out there. <laughs> he was a Baltimore city police officer and yeah. uh, retired uh, from, mm-hmm. from Baltimore city too, but before moving yeah. back to, to camp Hill area. So yeah, that's, that's cool. A little bit. So you're, are you working remotely from home? Yeah. Or you, yeah. You... So actually yesterday was the first time that I actually got to go down since March yeah. since the pandemic started um, to, to go to some schools. Um, so that was nice to finally be able mm-hmm. to get back and, and do that. But, uh, I've been re- working remotely since March. And it's, not, um, so. and it's not bad. I mean, from where no. we used to live, I used to say it's not it barely an hour to get to the yeah. north side of Baltimore, right? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Maybe so less depending on how people drive. Yeah. It's honestly, um, lately because there's hardly any traffic. Um, it's, it hasn't been bad. I've been getting mm-hmm. there in, you know, around an hour, yep. a little under an hour sometimes, but, uh, my trip to Baltimore is really easy because, as you probably know, the hardest part about that trip is the mm-hmm. the six ninety five part, yep. um, and getting on the six ninety five. But I I don't I I stay I get off at the first exit, so I I just stay as mm-hmm. far right as I can and not get in the merging mess there. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's not a yeah. bad trip. Oh, good. No, that's that's good. It's great, great to hear. Uh, definitely enjoy. I mean, as much fun as I have posting on Facebook, I do actually stop and, and look around and see what's happening with other people. It's not just about my fun and games, but you know, enjoyed kind of keeping, keeping up with all of that. And, and like I said, back to your coaching and lifting and school and, and, uh, your work and the book It's just, just a lot, a lot of exciting things and exciting to see someone, you know, what, 22 years later after I, maybe yeah. last saw and see what you've, what you've grown up to become, which parents are certainly proud. I know, but, uh, yeah, it was yeah, not, thank any, you. anything else, anything you like to plug anybody you want to make fun of before we, <laughs> we wrap up? Uh, uh, yeah, I have, I have a couple of things. First of all, I want to thank you for having me on. Um, cause I really enjoyed this and I always, t- I always enjoy talking sports and, yeah. and business. So, um, you know, it was really good to be on and talk to you for a little bit. Um, I also want to say, um, in the next week, Big Ten football will be starting. So may the odds be ever in everyone's favor, yeah. um, but namely Penn State. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I wish everyone the best of luck. Uh, I'm, I'm just exci- I'm, I'm excited that football's back and and you know we're we're able to um, you know at least have some sports back and 
you know, it's it's just nice after you know six yeah. months of not having sports. So yeah, I will say that I privately texted someone uh, who's also a Penn State fan back there. Um, what is it? Is that right? Text? I texted or I texted? Oh yeah. Okay, good, good. Either in this world of of you know the internet and so many people that are just waiting for you to make a mistake, you know, immediately try to figure out if I said or typed that correctly before someone else makes fun. Um, but I I I sent a text to someone, and I will just say this: I'm not going to admit or comment. Or, or suggest that I'm looking forward to the Big Ten uh, kicking off yeah, their, their season. Yeah, but I are. will say that I uh, did not insult the Big Ten when I mentioned the upcoming weeks uh, that would be interesting and how things are going to shake out. Because, look, they have how many teams? They haven't played a down, and they have how many teams that are, are, that are still ranked in the top ten? Yeah, there's – uh, I think there's two or three. Yeah, uh, yeah, including Penn just, State. I, actually, I think it's just Ohio State and Penn Ohio State. Ohio State and Penn State, yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting. I will say, here, I don't want to kind of go backwards, but um, really exciting. Um, the, the new offensive coordinator went to Redland. Uh, I did not yeah. know him. Uh, I did know and do know his younger sister. She's a year younger than me, and, boy, she was a great athlete. I, I can't remember what else. She might have played soccer, too, but – Boy, she was a great basketball player. Uh, you know, from yeah. I remember from middle school up to Redland, and her name up on the banners, all that stuff. And so, yeah, uh, it's going to be exciting to see. I kind of feel, you know, I feel bad now out of all the crap that I talk, and you know, the fun that I actually have with it. Mm-hmm. Part of it included like play calling, right? Who yeah. doesn't get yeah. on? offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators. Well, I definitely do. Uh, I'll never forget the uh, fourth down draw play that, uh, <laughs> that Penn State called, uh, yes. what, two years ago? I'll never forget it. And and I love James Franklin, but yep. I've never let his staff live that down. I may... uh, or, or, the, or the three uh, go routes they called in the Rose Bowl yep. and it was intercepted. Uh, yeah. I think you may have commented on a couple of the screenshots that I remember seeing floating around on my wall okay. back then that show that yep. down draw. So, you know, look, I, I wish him, I wish him success. I was, you know, a fan of his when he was what Western Michigan, of course, Minnesota, yeah. just cool. You know, when a hometown guy has that type of success. So I'm, I guess I'm rooting for him. If there's any way he could have like a thousand yards of offense, but they still lose 50% of the time because of the defense, then maybe that would be my best case scenario. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. success for him, but then Penn state loses, right? That's, that- that's well, not that part. I won't say that's fair, <laughs> but uh, I, you, you had me up until that. Point, so. <laughs> and I'll just say this last thing. I'm really glad that Phil Jerkovich left <laughs> Notre Dame to go to somewhere where yes. someone saw his value. Yes. Um, because he yeah. is a really good quarterback. Yes, and, he is. Uh, you know, I wish he went to a bigger school than Boston College, but yeah. they're having success and they're doing well. So He is. Yeah. I was excited, actually, because I know, thought he's, he's such a big guy, guy, too. Yeah, he's he is. Big. He is. I, I really thought he was going to beat out Ian Book. Yep. And I can imagine how frustrated he was. Yep. Um, so, And he was a dominant high school quarterback. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But. All right, man. Well, it was great catching up to you. Maybe we can do it again 
mid, you know, I guess there's not really any mid cause we're almost midway through this, whatever kind of season, but maybe yeah. we can circle back later, you know, maybe even post season or before, you know, the bowl games always good oh, to yeah. talk sports and talk college football with another passionate football fan. Uh, yes, so might be hearing from me, from me again, the next couple months or so. Perfect. Well, I'd, I'd love to be back on, and I appreciate you having me on this time, too. Yeah, tell your mom I said hello, too. I will. Tell her I, I said hello. Hope all's well uh, with her, and, and it was great. Definitely great catching up with you. Good to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Jamie. All right. Take care. You, too. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Borderline Offensive. Special thanks to Cody Santiago for joining us today. Man, it was great catching up with him fine young man he turned out to be despite a coach that knew nothing about soccer and uh barely more about basketball fun catching up hope you guys had as much fun as i did if you'd like to be on the show please send me a text message phone call you name it grab me by the collar as you're walking down the street or in the casino, or other places I probably shouldn't be. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We'll see you all next time.